Today on Bridges, we are going to talk about the importance of commitment. I'm Monica Schmelter. I'm so glad that you could join us for Bridges today. Today we're going to talk about the importance of commitment. And I'm sure you know quite a few people. You've met people in your life who have what we say are commitment issues. So we're going to get into that today. And my guest is a pastor. His name is Josh Brooker. And he pastors the Cannon County Experience Community Church. So Josh, so good to have you here today. Thank you so much. So good to be here today. You know, when I think about commitment, right, I think about in terms of Christianity that we're either committed or that we're not. And when I look in Scripture, it seems that Scripture supports that. And yet so many believers really aren't committed. Absolutely. You know, when I sat down to write this book, I was writing primarily to men. But one of the things I kept seeing happen over and over again through stories of people within our church, Mm -hmm. people I counseled with, is that the same sort of issues kept popping up. And when we would talk through these issues and challenges and struggles that people faced, really the solution, 90% of the time, came back to this issue of commitment. Mm -hmm. That at some point in their lives, there was a, a point where they stopped being as committed to Christ and as committed to Jesus's version of life than they needed to be. And so um, what started happening is these issues started popping up. And so fixing the issue may not have been as complicated as maybe um, they thought it would be. Really, it came down to, hey, whose version of life are you committed to, Jesus's or your own? Yeah. And that's an important question. You know, when you say, are you committed to Jesus's version of life, right? That's a biblical life. Absolutely. That's what we find in the Bible. Yeah. And the Bible is truth, like it's the only truth. Right, 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 right. You know, people want to argue and they've got their personal truth and and that really doesn't work. We can't all define truth. I think it's absurd to even think that we could. Absolutely. But as I think about what you say, how many times in our lives, like we can be really passionate about church, a ministry that we're involved in, um, and then, you know, life happens. Sure. And we're not so committed. So how do we change that, Josh? What did you find in Scripture? What did you find that helps us transform from being people that are fickle to people that don't have commitment issues? Sure. So, you know, I go back to the life of Jesus. And when Jesus would approach people and they uh, would see his miracles or they see his teachings and they would come to him wanting to follow him, um, I was really struck by two specific instances in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, one is a young man that we know of as the rich young ruler. Yes. So he comes to Jesus and he has his pride and he says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus kind of draws him out and says, keep the commands. Of course, this young man in his pride thinks he could keep all the commands. And Jesus, Gospel of Mark says, loved him and said, one thing do you lack? Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor. And And that's the part we remember. But I think a a very striking aspect of that encounter is the Bible says this young man went away sad and walked away because ultimately when he saw that following Jesus meant he had to give everything up to come Mm -hmm. after Jesus, he wasn't ready to do that. He wasn't ready to commit. 
So what he wanted from Jesus is he wanted eternal life, but he also wanted to hold on to his own version of life. So that's one instance that we look at and we say, man, there's a lot of us, especially here in the American church, that that's the version of Christianity that we want. We want one where we can come to Jesus and say, hey, I've got what I want to do, who I want to be. But Jesus, can I get a magic ticket to heaven and pray the prayer and get in while I hold on to what I want to do? And I think in the scriptures, we see that Jesus says, unless you're willing to give up everything you have Mm -hmm. and come after me, you're not worthy to be a disciple. That's hard for us to hear because we don't like hearing that. No. Um, And then there's Jesus calling his first disciples. And these young men were on the beach mending their nets because they were fishermen. (laughs) And uh, Jesus says, come follow me. And they left everything they had and come after him. And that's amazing, right? Absolutely. Because they woke up that day, I mean, as far as we know, and they thought it was a day like any other day. Because, mm-hmm. right, they're out there on the beach, mending the nets, and this is probably the same thing that they did yesterday and the day before, yeah. but yet they hear the voice of Jesus, and th- they had to know something, right? Right. They had to know something in their spirit to leave that behind and to think about, like, we don't think about the conversations that they might have had with their wives later. Sure. Right? Because I'm sure they were connected to people. Absolutely. And here they just left everything that they had, and they go to Jesus. And the call for us is the same. It, yeah. it, it's You know, it doesn't mean that we're like an apostle or any of that. Sure. But we sure, have sure. to leave everything. The Bible talks about even counting the cost. 100%. Yeah. And I, I don't think that we probably mentioned to people enough that you, you need to really count the cost mm. because this means giving up everything. Absolutely. Everything that we know. And it could be anything like holding anger against other people. Yep. Holding on to unforgiveness. Being greedy. Right. You know, we always talk about like, you know, affairs and alcohol and addictions. But there are, there are so many things that we get trapped in yeah. that compromise and pull us away from Christ being our first priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think the thing is, Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. Right? You either love the one and hate the other. So Jesus made it very clear that it's a spiritual impossibility mm-hmm. to be allegiant to two supreme authorities in your life. And yet we try so often to do that. We try to serve both God and our career, God and entertainment, God and money, God in that secret sin that we know we should be free from, but we're not willing to take the steps to be free from it. And so, you know, one of the things I really tried to show in the book is that um, really what Jesus is after in us is allegiance, Mm -hmm. that we're committed first and foremost to him above anything and everything else. And if he has our allegiance, he'll have our obedience And if he has their obedience, then amazing things can come out of our lives. So what does it look like to give God our allegiance? What does, you know, what does a man, what does a woman do to get to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, Jesus was asked the most important commandment. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty big deal in the rabbinic world in the first century because the rabbis in the first century would argue back and forth. They had 690 Old Testament laws, which ones were big, which ones were little, which ones were (laughs) light, medium. And they go back and forth all the time arguing, okay, which one is the most important? And Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? And what he said was amazing. He said, you shall love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And we, we know this. Mm-hmm. What Jesus is actually doing is he's quoting something called the Shema, which was the central text of Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But really what Jesus was saying in that is that everything that we have, we are to give to God. Mm-hmm. That he is to be preeminent in our thoughts, in our hearts, in our affections, And really when it comes down to it, what allegiance to Jesus means is that he has our full, complete, and undivided attention. Yeah. And that what he wants for us and what he wants from us is the same thing, and that's everything. Mm -hmm. He wants everything from us, but he wants everything for us. His way is good. Yes. Yes. And any other way is bad. Absolutely. You talked about our thoughts Mm. focusing on the preeminence of Christ, and I I was uh, challenged by something that Corey said in the last couple of weeks about, have you lost the awe for God? The fact wow. that we get to talk to God. Yeah. Like prayer is not just a duty. It's not just something that we're too busy to do, right? It's yeah. not just something that we go into to try to convince God to do what we want. Mm. But I, as a mere human being... Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Get to talk to God. And he talks back to me through the Bible, the still small voice, and sometimes, uh, you know, miraculous ways. Absolutely. But mostly the still small voice. Mm. But... I ask myself, and now I'm training my thoughts. Yeah. It's like my thoughts have to obey. It's like, no, I'm not going to lose my awe of who God is. He's the magnificent creator of the world, and he he deserves my allegiance, and I need to give him my allegiance because his way is the best. Yeah. You know, I think all of us, we will have to fight this war in our hearts. Um, There are imposter kings that will pop up in your life and in my life and in any other believer's life. 
And those are imposture kings that aren't worthy of our allegiance, and yet they'll come after our allegiance Mm -hmm. time and time again. And where we struggle, I think, with commitment comes really from a place of faith, mm-hmm. where we look at our ambitions, we look at entertainment, we, we look at even things that are wrong, and, and those things say, hey, give me your time, give me your attention, give me your thoughts, give me your priorities. And so often what we do is we believe that those imposter kings are worthy of our allegiance when they're really not. Mm-hmm. There's only one king that is. Mm-hmm. And so really commitment comes from a place of faith and belief and knowing that Jesus is the only one that can satisfy my soul. He's the only one that can give me direction in life. And his version of life is ultimately better than any version of life that I could come up with on my own. Right. And we are surrounded, Josh, with images of what life should look like, of what it means to have fun, of what we need to have. We're bombarded with those images every single day. Oh, absolutely. And that's part of the reason why commitment's hard. Yeah. So researchers from University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, talked about how in a media-saturated era like the one we live in right now, we are actually becoming less committal Mm. and we're becoming flakier. And there's a logical reason for that. Um, when I was a kid, if you wanted to go run a movie, you would go to this ancient place called Blockbuster exactly. Video. <laughs> and you would pick whatever was available. Mm-hmm. And that's what you took home and that's what you watched. And if you got 30 minutes in and you realized you had rented a stinker, well, tough taco. You're not going back to Blockbuster. That's, right. that's the movie you're stuck with. Now, when you sit down to watch a movie, you've got Amazon Prime. You've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, you've got HBO Max. If you're real bougie, you've got Paramount Plus, right? (laughs) And at any point, when you turn on a title, if you don't like what you're seeing within the first 30 seconds, you can back up and you can pick thousands and thousands and thousands. Mm -hmm. And so we're bombarded day in and day out with constant choices. What do you want to watch? What do you want to listen to? Where do you want to eat? And so because of the multiplicity of choices available to us, a lot of us say, well, I don't really know which one I need to pick. Right. And so if you transfer that over to our spirituality, we live in this world now that's the smorgasbord of different lifestyles yeah. and different ideas about who God is and who God isn't. And a lot of us, we look and we go, man, which one is right? And so what happens for many of us is we just sort of choose our own adventure. Right. And we think that I'm the one that can kind of tailor a religion that's based on my preferences and that's mm-hmm. going to help me to live my most fulfilling life. And the problem is, um, man, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. Well, because it doesn't and it can't, but but we've got to take a little break. We want you to stay with us here today on bridges. When we come back from the break, we're going to continue to talk about how significant commitment really is to our lives. Don't miss another episode of bridges. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today where you can find all of Monica's latest teachings. Just visit youtube.com, search Monica Schmelter, and click subscribe. Once subscribed, click the bell icon to get notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for watching Bridges. Join the Bridges community on Facebook. Visit Facebook and search for Bridges with Monica. We would love to connect with you. If you want to grow your faith and understand God's Word more fully, then MonicaSchmelter.com might be just the place for you. You'll find all of Monica's teachings on demand, complete with online extras. 
Get started today because truth changes everything. If you or someone you know has commitment issues, you need to watch this episode. Josh Brooker is here with me today and we're talking about the significance of commitment. And you know, Josh, just before we took the break, you were talking about how, gosh, how much things have changed. Hmm. You know, used to go rent a movie from a physical store. And if it wasn't good, you might not finish watching it, but that is the one you rented. You were stuck with it for that two to three days. But now we've got thousands of things to watch. Absolutely. And we'll still say there's nothing good on. Right, 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 right. But then you also said that kind of that sort of thinking really has crossed over into our faith. Yes. And how we feel about Jesus and church and, and our role in all of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's become a very me-centered um, mindset. And so even how we view our marriages um, a lot of times reflects that understanding of marriage exists to make me happy and my spouse exists to make me happy and meet my needs. Mm -hmm. And so the minute I feel like my needs aren't getting met and they're not making me happy, then I can just get rid of that and go get another marriage. Right. Right. And And people say sometimes, well, you know, Josh, you know, well, God wants you to be happy. And I think I'm not sure that's in context what God thinks. Uh, Right, 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 right. You know, there's commitment in marriage. It's a covenant. And no one except Jesus can meet our needs 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's this, uh, the great lie that, um, I think Satan has been enticing us as human beings with from the beginning is that we know how to meet our needs better than God does. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, in the garden, the man and the woman had everything they needed yeah. to flourish and to live forever there yeah. in the garden. But there was one thing that God said, this is off limits. And what's amazing is they had a hard time committing to God's version of life. They were going, but yeah, but I think I know better. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so when it comes to, um, things like commitment in marriage or commitment to a life of discipleship or commitment to purity or commitment to doing the Christian life, the way that Jesus called us to the great lie is God is withholding something good from you. Yeah. And so if you go and just pursue that yourself, then you're going to be happy and fulfilled. And the reality is that's really the path to pain. That's the yeah. path to disaster. And that's the path to destruction. Yeah. Um, and the, the way of commitment is not always easy, but it is the best way to do life. Well, it's not the path to destruction for sure. Absolutely. I mean, if you, yeah. I mean, if you really, as, as I just look around and I talk to people in all different phases and stages of life, there's so much anxiety. Hmm. There's so much depression. Uh, people don't know what the next right thing to do is. Um, they want a happy life, right? Right. right. But they just don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's really because we do believe the lie that God might be withholding something or that we know better. Absolutely. We know how God should do it. Right. right. Uh, And we don't know. We don't know any of that. So this book that you wrote is committed and it's about biblical masculinity. I I was so glad that, you know, so many people are struggling. I was so glad that that you wrote that for a man in marriage. What Mm. does commitment mean? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, for man in marriage, commitment means that when you got married, you made a covenant, which is a promise that's never intended to be broken. And so you made a covenant between not just you and your wife. You made a covenant between you and God. 
that you would be everything that God has called you to be to that woman. Mm-hmm. And that is that you would protect her, that you would love her as Christ loved the church, and that you would lay down your life for her. And unfortunately, I think in our culture, um, we've placed such a low premium on commitment uh, for men, especially. I mean, our standards for men has become so incredibly low. We're not calling guys to step into their true calling as godly husbands and godly fathers. Um, most volunteers just across the board at any church in America are women. Yeah. Uh, women are leading the family spiritually. Women are um, out serving men in church. They're out ministering in church. They're out sharing their faith. And guys, for the most part, unfortunately, we're kind of sitting on the sidelines and letting our wives do all that because mm-hmm. we have so much um, tied up in so many other things instead mm-hmm. of being who God's called us to be. And so really, um, you know, the, the uh, burden to write this book just came from seeing so many men just not understanding who it is that God's called us to be. He's called us to be men of covenant. Yeah. And that covenant not only affects that individual family, but it serves as an example and it encourages and it gives others confidence that it can be done. Absolutely. And it gives children in the home confidence that this home is stable and and children in homes where marriages are based on covenant and happier because of covenant. Absolutely. Typically do better in school and do better in life because they have this firm foundation which is built through commitment. Absolutely. And so how does a guy or even a woman turn that around? Because I think for most men, most men have worked really hard all day long and they're just tired at the end sure, of the day. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I affirm that feeling. I'm a pastor <laughs> of uh, a growing church and I have three children. My oldest is six, mm-hmm. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And my wife is You're a hospice busy. nurse. Yeah. Oh, wow. and, and we also homeschooled. Did I mention that? Yeah. So, oh. um, you know, I heard a saying that we are men of the second shift. Mm. Uh, my first priority before I am a pastor or writer or anything else is that I am a follower of Jesus, a husband to Jenny, my wife, and then I'm a dad to Aiden, Grace and Judah, my three kids. No one else in the world can do that job but me. Yep. And so, man, I may be tired coming home from pastoring a church all day and talking with people and writing sermons and meeting with my staff. But when I pull in that driveway, I am dad. That's my job. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else can do that but me. Other people can preach for me when I'm gone out of town. But when I pull in that driveway, I am the only dad those kids have. And that is such a serious, serious, serious responsibility. And I have such a short window to be that for them. Mm-hmm. So is it hard? Yeah, it is. Am I always tired? Yes. My wife and I make the joke. We haven't slept in seven years because we got three <laughs> kids, right? Um, but, but man, I will not sacrifice my kids on the altar of ministry. Yeah. If I win 10,000 people to the Lord and my church grows to 50,000 people and yet my kids want nothing to do with Jesus because they saw me not living it out. And they also saw me not loving and caring for them. I am a failure as a man. Absolutely. Failed at what was most important. Failed at what God entrusted you with. And um, 
you know, there, there are parents, of course, who have prodigals, but they did everything yes. and, and, and did the best they could and, yeah. and all of that. And so the parents aren't responsible for that. Absolutely. What you're yeah. saying is if you led a bad example and you yes. didn't spend enough time and really the model that you're talking about hasn't been talked about so much to men. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. They, they just don't know. The deal was yep. you go to work and then you come home yep. and you watch TV and you can be cranky and mm-hmm. grouchy because you're just really tired. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, and what changed it all for me, somebody once told me this and this really changed my perspective. They said, you know, for better or for worse, your example in your home as a father to your children will have an impact on how they view God as a father for the yeah. rest of their lives. So if you're distant, if you're impersonal, if you're emotionally disconnected, if you're short with them, if you're impatient, they will get an image of their head that Father God is the exact same way to them when they go to him in prayer. But on the other hand, if you're faithful, if you're kind, if you're willing to listen, if you're patient, if you're available, if you take time out of your day to put your phone up and wrestle on the floor with your boys, man, what a blessing you can give your kids that would change the trajectory of not just their life, but the entire family tree. And it, and it has to be a blessing to you and your wife, even though you haven't slept in seven years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am always tired, but man, I'm always happy, right? Yeah. And, and I don't want to paint a rosy picture of our commitments as men to work and provide and care for our wives. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard work. It is. But it's work that is worth doing. Yeah. Um, we cannot abdicate our responsibilities as men just mm-hmm. because it's difficult. Right. And, and I see so many people doing that, just throwing in the towel. And um, I mean, here, here's what it is like fruitfulness later on in life comes from faithfulness yes, in early does. seasons of life. So, yes, so here's what like helps me on those days. I feel tired when I'm exhausted. I'm in my thirties right now. I tell myself faithfulness in my thirties and forties leads to fruitfulness in my 50s and 60s. That's right. Because someday I want all my kids sitting around the table with the grandkids and everybody loves each other and everybody knows we care about each other. We're not perfect, but right. I, I'm right. telling myself that, yeah, I'm living for later, not for now. Right. In, in all areas. Well, you're investing. Yes. You're investing in your family, knowing that in the years to come, yes. when you're in a different season of life, you'll be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor the prayers that you prayed and, and you said, well, commitment, it is hard and it's hard for women too. It's just, it's hard, Mm -hmm. but the way of the transgressor is much harder. And so, you know, we got to consider that, that all of these paths that tell us this is a better way. You really need to take care of you. Um, you know, God just wants you to be happy. And, you know, God does want us to live in peace. He, He, he's not, He doesn't want us to be miserable, but God does not want us to leave our families to be happy, to break covenant. God does not want us to abdicate responsibility to be happy. That's misquoting the Bible. hundred percent, hundred percent. Some of those miserable people I've ever met are people that have embraced that lie at one point in their lives Mm -hmm. that led them to excuse selfish behavior. And in the moment, it feels really good. Because you're like, man, God wants me to be happy. What's going to make me happy is leaving my wife for a younger woman. That's going to make me happy. Well, yeah, maybe for a little bit, because the Bible says the pleasures of sin are short-lived. But then later on down the road, when the family's been ripped apart and children are estranged, then that's Mm -hmm. when it becomes 
wow, I, I believe this lie. I should have stayed in my commitments because yeah. that honored the Lord. And that actually led to greater joy later I've down the road. I've never seen that decision end up well. Absolutely. It's, it might be nice at first, but it is a disaster. And there's so much regret. Well, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, time, thank you, It's so good to talk with you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This was great. Stay tuned. Monica will be right back. Don't give in. God's word says you're an overcomer. It takes training. It takes discipline. And so when you're fighting that good fight of the faith, you take your story, whatever it is, and you saturate it in faith and you fight for it. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your next event. If you want to grow your faith and understand God's Word more fully, then monicaschmelter.com might be just the place for you. You'll find all of Monica's teachings on demand, complete with online extras. Get started today, because truth changes everything. We talked today on Bridges about commitment and having commitment issues and all of the choices that we all have today, whether it's in our media, where we go to church, how we spend our time. We just have lots of choices. And sometimes it's hard for us to focus and to center in on what's most important. But what's most important is our Heavenly Father. It's God. It's God who sent us Jesus and really developing that relationship and aligning our heart with what God says to love what God loves, to say what God says is right is right, and to live that out with our families and in church congregations. It would be a shame for any one of us to let all of the choices that are out there that promise instant happiness, that promise that our life will never be so good, when in fact those are all lies. The only one that can meet every need that we have and give us peace that passes understanding is a relationship with Christ. I'm out of time. I've got to go, but I say goodbye and God bless you. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.